We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. As always, the Permission Granted Podcast is available on its own podcast feed. Just search Permission Granted or the DA Show podcast feed. With all of the show bits and Sunday morning football and the 12 DAs, etc. Well, boy, there's a lot to get to after you having a week off. So Pat Boyle was in for you for four of the five days, Monday through Thursday. He did a great job. You didn't have a t- have a chance to catch last week's PGP, did you? I have not yet. It's actually on my gym list for today. So I want to hear the the great Boyle. Pat was great. We even developed a segment called O'Boyle Rules for him. Perfectly fitting. Based on... You know, the Billy Madison. Right. O'Boyle rules. There's a family of O'Doyles that always taunted and harassed young Billy Madison, played by Adam Sandler, growing up. And so they their catchphrase is, O'Doyle rules. And so we did O'Boyle rules. And he, he ranted a couple of times. It was very, very funny. He was very good. But I thought the PGP was good because he delved into, I asked him about the Boomer Esiason sleeping in his office thing. Remember, early on in the Pat Boyle era here when he was just an intern slash part-time board op, he slept one night in Boomer Esiason's office. As mythology holds, he drank one of his beers, I think a Guinness. Yeah, Boomer has a fridge full of beers from various sponsors that have come through this way. And had this, this reputation as this edgy young guy that didn't know his place. Because he wrote a note to Boomer. And he told the story. And he says he did sleep in there, but he did so just to get Boomer's attention, not because he wanted to go viral or be a subject of the show or something like that or develop some type of badass reputation, bad boy reputation. And when you hear Pat explain it, he's not really a bad boy. No, I I, I think that's true, although it is very tough in this business to overcome an early bad reputation. Okay. And that was his reputation because the note came across as very bro-y, if you will, very beating my chest, I'm going to do what I want. 
and it definitely rubbed people the wrong way. And that once you dig that mark in, it's hard to overcome it. But to his credit, unlike Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, he's overcome some of the early struggles. Here's my read. I think, and he alluded to this when we conversed about it on the PGP, I think he saw this as a boys club around here. Got to elbow your way into the locker room. Tough fraternity to crack. So I'm going to come in here as the tough guy, make some noise, you know, be the crazy guy in prison that people are kind of scared of a little bit. <laughs> okay, that's a good right. But he's not really that guy. And now I say this because you're, we just talked about this a couple of weeks ago, maybe the week when you were here. And that was that if you get a reputation early as a talky guy around here, people don't want to work with you because right. if you're an intern or a part-timer and you just spout takes all the time, people are like, hey, man, we just need you to work. We don't care about your takes. Right, you're worn down. Right. And that you thought Pat would never work. You thought here nobody would want to work with him. It would, he was going to flame out. But you've been pleasantly surprised. Yes. And a lot of this came from, because I had a bad read on Pat as well, because for that, that was like the thing you never forget. And it was... I would never do that. So-and-so would never do that. Why would you ever do that? You're just another guy looking to be a quick celebrity and not do the grunt work to get up there to be on the air. But a funny thing happened along the way. Little by little, you notice, oh, wait, that's the guy? That was the guy that did the boomer thing? Because his headphones are on, he's down, cutting audio, doing the right thing, not giving you his Knicks takes left and right. And he pulled that stunt with Boomer, but at the same time did everything you're dying for young people to do in this business. And then I really got to know him when he played in a, a buddy of our, John Jastrzemski's golf tournament over the summer. He was JJ in, after dark. JJ after dark. He was in the foursome right behind us. And, you know, he had the, the socks on. He was dressed like it was bro code again. And I kind of thought for oh, no, am I going to get a little too much here? And after a, you know, a round of golf and quite a few beers, he was he's a, he's a decent guy. He's a nice guy who's talented and wants to work and wants to learn the business. And that's why from that point forward, when a couple names were thrown about, you know, building up the DA show farm system, I thought Pat Boyle would be a good fit here. I really did. He's a good fit. He was very good last week. <clears throat> I threw a lot at him. Remember, I was the only member of the team here. Yes. So I had this rotating gaggle of the Marco Bellettis, the Erica Herskowitzes, the Kevin Walls, the Billy Jockalones, the the Pat Boyle. So I I couldn't rely on anybody right. but Pat since he was here every single day. You got to get this audio. You got to do this segment. We're going to run this play. We're going to do this. He was phenomenal. He want he, he embraced it all. So I give him a lot of credit. I thought he was very good last week. Yeah, and I, I'll also say this from uh, you know kind of the Wizard of Oz, not the Wizard of Oz, not the odds, the Oz. Wizard of Oz, Oz. You know, not being seen thrown. I will say this. I was on, I mean, in theory, it was vacation. It was it felt like more hell week at times with okay. some family staying over and stuff like that. But Pat, to his credit, when I have had off in the past, people that have filled in, one of two things happen. Either they ask me nothing and leave me alone, but at times I might get a text from you at the end of the week where, geez, we need you back or something like that. Or overly nonsensical questions they already know the answer to where I'm getting frustrated all week. Pat struck such a unique, honest balance last week of he was not a bother to me at all, but either a, a quick confirmation on something that he needed to prepare for the next day, 
uh, simple, hey, this is going on in the sports world. What you know, Pitching me guest ideas. Hey, do you have any context here? This is what I'm thinking of, especially with the passing of John Madden. He was very good on, you know, that broke late. That, was, that happened at 8 p.m. the night before. Yeah. He didn't want to have the show empty-handed the next day on that. He was just so good at being on top of things while, you know, basically letting me be a mentor while he's doing it without annoying me. And I, I still know it sounds weird and maybe that sounds egotistical, but it was that's not an easy bounce to strike with me personally, and I thought he did a great job with it. He did really good. So I think you might hear more Pat Boyle on the air filling in for Mraz or Pete the Body or whatever because he did a did oh, a really yeah. good job. I, I was listening to him on my ride in. He was filling in the WFA in overnights for Sal Licata. He did an overnight shift, yeah. Yeah, so that's good stuff. Second thing is now you got the fat diary, the journal, where you are – writing down everything that you eat to make sure that you stay disciplined and aware and cognizant of what you're putting into your body in the new year. Wake up weights, 274.6. Wake up weight, got it. Peyton starts daycare. <laughs> Dad in hospital. Let that be motivation. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. This is even wow. better than expected. Wow. We are seven words into this, and this is brilliant. We're going to get musings, too? <laughs> First intake, 10.08 a.m. First intake? Furts. 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 Furts intake. F-I-R-T-S. Oh, no. Furts intake. We move on. <laughs> Smoothie with banana, strawberry, blueberry, almond milk, and chocolate Protein. Okay, that sounds good. That's healthy. That's at 10.08. That's okay. Furt's intake. Furt's. It was a gallon, but still. <laughs> 42 minutes, elliptical, level 8, fat-burning setting. Okay. 20-pound dumbbells, tricep, bicep, shoulder, four sets, 10 reps. Okay. 25-pound dumbbells, triceps, biceps, shoulders, two sets, 10 reps. Okay. 200 crunches on 105-pound setting. Chicken wrap for lunch. <laughs> Grilled chicken, steamed carrots, broccoli for dinner. Perfect. Two handfuls of peanut butter monster <laughs> from Target. <laughs> peanut butter monster? No idea what that is. Good mix. Five organic tortilla chips. No salsa. That's <laughs> good. Orange Celsius drink pre-workout. Three liters alkaline water. Did really good. All right. Done with food by 6.15 p.m. Circled. All right. Is there any part of you that feels vulnerable writing down thoughts like, Dad's in the hospital, this should be a wake-up call to me, and then having us read it with comedic music behind it? Well, let's be honest. When I wrote that down yesterday, I didn't know today we were reading that on you the air. You didn't? No. I. When you guys had talked about off the air doing the Fat Journal, uh, <laughs> I guess I might say this, I, I kind of got the assumption we're going to workshop this and maybe it's something we start at the end of the week just to check in where I am and we'll kind of just breeze through what I had eaten and all of this. <laughs> I had, by the time also that you guys had already sort of pitched that idea, I already wrote the wake-up weight by, you know, the quick the quick notes, which I will tell you the Peyton starting daycare was a big deal for me because that means I don't necessarily have to rush home and make sure she's taken care of. I can have a little more time to work out afterwards. Uh, and the father in the hospital thing was kind of like, okay, this sucks. This is going on like now, but this is ironic. It's starting the first week of the year. Like, 
I didn't know that those vulnerable moments at the time I was writing them were just going to be read by Pete with comedic music, but I am who I am, right? I mean, now, yeah. had my father had had something very serious and he was admitted, I might have been scrambling to tell Pete scratch that, but he was home <laughs> last night and everything was okay. So that's where we were at. Do you do you worry that you'll go off the rails and then we'll read it and you'll look silly? Well, I never worry about that because... Will you be honest if you have a giant Chipotle burrito with yeah. queso? Yes. I I think... I think... I don't want to make any proclamations because it's going to get pulled and come back to haunt me. <laughs> I think in many ways, this only enhances my motivation oh. on a fat journal. Like, the fat journal is for me to keep track. Okay, this is what I'm doing. And I, by the way, I've got a lot of recommendations on apps and food and not appetizers, phone apps. I've done all <laughs> of them. My fitness pal, all of them. This to me is just for me to open the book, and like I said, it's like keeping keeping payroll. At the end of the week, you look back, you see where you're at. Let's let's figure out the numbers. But the idea that now not only are you bozos holding my feet to the fire every day, but now the listeners are gonna just destroy <laughs> me, and I'm on that stupid Twitch chat every day where they're gonna destroy me. Well, it again, speaks to a long line of if that doesn't work to motivate me, then frankly, what will? Okay, all right, that's good to know. That's a good attitude. The brouhaha has taken such a turn, and I can't I can't compliment you enough, and I didn't have enough time during the show to do this, but I was texting you guys this privately over the weekend. Your move on Alabama is a genius poker move, and is it, do you play poker? Yes. Uh, not recently, but yes. I'm, I'm, yes. So you know how I'm to play. I'm a Texas Hold'em player, yes. I think you were trailing by 130 beers. I think you were minus 130 going into the big weekend of the big bowl games. Forgot what the number was. And I, and it, it, it grew on, I know the Music City Bowl because I was so confident in Tennessee at home and I got screwed in that game. I remember that. You yeah. had bet 48 on that and lost. You had bet 48 on a previous one and lost. So you were down over 100 but you had lost other games as well. There was like a 24 in there that you had right, lost. So you were at like negative 118, I think it was. Negative 118, okay. if I'm not mistaken. And I was at like plus 12 and Bo's at like plus 7. So we were clear ahead of you by more than 100 beers. And to this point in time, I had just bet conservatively a beer here, two beers here, three beers here, five beers here, watching you go up in flames. And I'm like, this is the play. The play is I just stack... Beers here or there, never get too under my underwater. Let Mraz implode on these big bets, and I'm gold. I was a hundred beers ahead, 130 beers ahead of you going into the final weekend of the full bowl season. You bet one, and I didn't know how much I was going to bet. I'm thinking two beers, three beers, five beers. I was really making those beer bets on the fly as we picked them. Right. In fact, most days I was just picking uniformly, okay, today's a two-beer day, right through. One-beer day, right through. I wasn't I got, really... I got the sense that was your method. I wasn't really going like, oh, this game I'm super confident sure. about. And so you got to the Alabama game, and the day before, you were still confident, tweeting gifts of Georgia. You had tweeted a Georgia gif. Mm -hmm. And Bogues has said to me, you think Mraz is going to bet on Georgia tomorrow? Like, that's when he's going to all make it up? And I was like, I don't know what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. So, it's Alabama minus 13 and a half against Cincinnati. I had talked myself into all week thinking it was going to be a game. We had Dan Horde on the show, Voice of the Bearcats on Thursday. 
He had great points about why it could be a game. And it turned out to be not a terrible game. It was good for the first half. Right. Really, in the first three quarters, it was 17-6. to six. It was definitely a more entertaining game than the final score indicated. Totally. As far as being into it, yes. I think it was 17-6, to six, end of the third, and then there was a touchdown by Bama to make it 24-6, if I'm not mistaken. 17-6, you're only leading by 11 through three quarters, and there's a couple of drives that stall from Cincinnati inside the 30 or yeah, something. yeah. And I'm like, a touchdown here, and Mraz loses 128 beers, right? 144. 144. Okay, so how did you come? You bet 144, yeah. but before you do that, you ask me, how many are you betting, DA? Yes, which and is I, the key to the whole thing. And I said, like, I think it was five beers. I think yeah. five beers in Alabama. This one is a big one for Bogues. He's laying 12 beers on Bama. Who you got? I want to hear who you got, DA, first before I make my maneuver. On I'm also taking Bama, but only two beers in Alabama because uh, I think it's close for the first half. I think in the fourth quarter, though, there's a garbage time touchdown or two that makes Bama cover this 13 and a half. All right, DA, I am going to put six cases, 144 beers no! on Alabama oh! laying the 13 and a half. Oh, my God. 144 on Bama. One, this is the game I'm most confident in. This is where I swing the entire thing. <laughs> Bama is going to roll. We spent weeks talking about how Cincinnati didn't deserve their place. Bama and Nick Saban don't mess around here. Six cases of beer, 144 beers oh, on the my. tide, laying 13 and a half points. And then you blew our socks off with 144. How'd you come to 144? Okay, so a little behind the music, and I will lead you to the buildup. When this was a DA idea was behind this bit and beers, and everybody's going to have their own strategy. You talked about yours. And my personal strategy before we arrived at the Alabama game was I am going to stick with the teams that did me well throughout the season betting college football. So I'm not going to write them off. I had mentioned the Roadrunners, UTSA. And knowing that in these bowl games specifically, you don't know motivated teams from not motivated teams. You know, you could go out there and this team could have been great all year, but they don't care about playing in what insert bowl game year, and therefore they don't cover or whatnot. But the games I know teams are going to be motivated in are the college football playoffs. So I knew the entire time from the moment this bet was set, I am going to place a big beer bet on Alabama. I knew it. I didn't know the amount I was going to do it. And I said along the way, I'm going to take my shots. I'm going to hope I hit a couple, and then I'm either going to be in a position where if the worst case happened with Alabama, I would lose a bunch that I'd already gained, or I would just be raking it in, you know, to kind of catch up like I did. So when we got to this week and I knew how much I had, wasn't hitting these big bets, I said, all right, I'm going to get to well, – I had a couple numbers. I knew it was going to be in the hundreds. So you bet all along knowing you had one win in the bo- in the pocket. I knew A Bama, guaranteed yep. Bama win. Nick Saban is not going to – let Cincinnati play a close game to him and have everybody talk about how this group of five team belongs. They were close to save. I said, without a shot, as long as that number holds 13, there's no way, no way that Alabama will cover. So I knew I was going to place a big bet there. My problem I had was all along, you were making me pick first. And I had to give Pat Boyle my picks when I was off, and you obviously had a read on that. So I couldn't let you get an advantage and know when that time came, I'm going to do this so you're going to match because you could do that. That was why when I woke up on Friday and I said, I got to place this bet, 
I got to know who DA is betting first because if you wanted to go crazy, maybe you had the same line of thinking on Bama, and that was where suddenly you were going to bet 80 beers or something. I was going to only enhance. I was prepared to make that number 250 if I had to. And that was where we were at. I knew that no matter what, the one team I could count on being absolutely motivated to cover the spread was going to be Alabama, and I was not going to lose because of that. And I did do the Georgia gifts and stuff to try to make you guys swim away and not get a mental plus on me that I was going to bet big on Bama. I, I would have never bet 144 beers on Bama, no matter what my confidence level was, unless I knew you were going to do it. And then when you did it, my head was spinning. And I was like, uh, uh, five, whatever. And when I got, we, we went to break at the end of that hour. That was ending the third hour going into the fourth hour. The top of the nine, I'm like, holy crap, Mraz fished me. This is unbelievable. Like, I, I didn't see it coming, and he fished me because I bet five beers in Alabama. You bet 144. If we both win, you crush me and blow by me. If we both lose, okay, I still lead you by 100-some-odd beers, but, right. like, I got to either bet against you or right along with you. Right. We have to have opposite bets or hold the, the same bets. You got to hold the lead at some point or know that you're going to profit off it somehow. You bet what you thought would win, but ultimately it's a losing ticket for you because of how much I bet. Totally. So it flipped everything around, and now going into the final two games, really the final one game is going to be the national championship, but that's where everything's going to reside. We we only can do blind bets on what we're going to wager like the end of Jeopardy so that we don't know with a competitive advantage because if you knew what everybody was going to bet. Right. Now, of course, you got to hit the bet. you got to bet the bet sure. right. Sure, and it. Let's face it, as it sits right now, Georgia as a favorite. I mean, like, it feels like a lot of the 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 books are begging you to take Bama. Totally, so do we all do that and say we got to trust Saban, or do we zag the other way? It's going to be very fascinating to see where we all go here. But we don't know how many beers we're going to bet. We don't know, so you got to do this blindly. Yep. Which is fascinating. It adds to the fun of it. This became very fun. We started with a Bahamas Bowl. And we've ended here. And I can't not imagine doing this again. This is so intriguing strategically. It's just yeah. a great project to do on the air because it involves sports. You got to try to figure out who's going to win, which is kind of crazy to itself. Right. And you get to watch bowl games. But oh, the, made the whole week I was home far more interesting. The strategy is amazing. And so the question now becomes next year how do we decide who wagers first up until the national championship game? I think it's just got to be every show is a pick out of a hat situation. Okay, so we just decide that day. Yep. Out of a hat. You're the first one going. That's it. Yep, everybody grabs a number, something like that. I think that's the, the most fair way to do it. Because, to be honest, it was semi-unfair that I had spent, what, six straight days as the one picking first? Because then everybody can know where I'm at. And when I started placing those big bets, you guys, you guys had no – you could definitely play defense. You didn't have to, you know? Well, the difference was me and Bogues weren't betting based on your tallies. It's true. We were not responding or reacting. You have proven it's really smart to do that. We were just picking the games that right. we thought were going to win based on what we had decided beer totals the night before. Sure. So it didn't really hurt you because we weren't reacting to what you did. Right. But ultimately, as we just it said, it could have. It could have. Like, And again, you know, a couple things go my way that didn't go my way. Like, for instance, the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve that got canceled. That was a lot of controversy. If they play that game and Memphis covers, I would have been plus whatever I was, 40 beers. That was another game I had 40 beers on 
then maybe that changes the trajectory of everything. But ultimately, if we all share a bet and are confident in a bet, but somebody is bananas over the other one and that hits, your bet, even though you placed a winner, is actually a loser. And that's that's what makes the whole thing intriguing. Right. So now we get to the final two games. We all have some beers on Texas Bowl, but that's ultimately what you've proven. It doesn't matter what happens in this bowl game. Right. Now, I I, di- I placed the biggest number on Kansas State. Just trying to put a little back of the arsenal. I, I, I have always envisioned, and this probably went awry with my early losses, making my Alabama a, a makeup. I had always envisioned switching from my car to my SUV, driving it here, and basically backing up in front of the building and just having you and Bogus load cases <laughs> on in and have Kaplan have to film that. That has always been my vision. Unfortunately, I don't know that we'll get to that point, but who knows? We'll see what I do with the national championship game. How are you going to decide what type of beer you want if you win? Like, he, what you can't do is you can't ask for, like, um, I don't know, these super hard-to-find craft oh, beers no, no, no. that are really expensive. What I will ask for is simple. I know that every beer distributor close to any of our houses will have. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how. How are you going to decide? Um, are you going all one beer? I don't think I'll win by enough to where I can really decide on multiple but cases. Revealing a little hint about the national championship bet. I don't think any of us will blow each other out here because we're all so tight right now. We'll see what happens. Well, uh, the reason I say this is because. Y- Bogues plus 10, you're plus three, I'm at zero. For us to get to multiple cases, which is like 40, you have to have between 48 and 72 as a winner, right? Uh-huh. Somebody would have to lay that much more on the game than they have to to win. Are you confident I won't do that? I don't know. I guess that'd be really bold. I, to me, this Alabama-Georgia line is really hard to handicap. It definitely is. So if you bet 100 beers and you lose, you could totally demolish yourself. I could. Or I could demolish both of you guys because, remember, you guys got to pay up. So we'll see. Well, this is the other thing we have. I got a christening coming in May. People got to be taken care of. The one thing we didn't decide is originally, oh, yes, it was both losers have to pay the winner. Yes. Then nobody gets out of this. Yes, exactly. If you come in second, it doesn't matter. You still have to pay up. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's only one winner. If you finish in second, you might as well be last. You yes. know, well, not late. You know, you don't have to pay as many beers, right? But that could be a difference of seven at that point. So, well, you don't know where I'm going. You don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do. You can sit and think about it. But either way, it's going to be. Tr- I will say this: there's a chance that our brouhaha is actually far more fascinating than the game itself on Monday around. night, for sure. Okay, finally, the year of the buffoon montage. <laughs> you react. <laughs> You reacted uh, in part, but, I mean, how does it feel just to listen to 10 minutes of you stumbling over mispronunciations and, and incorrect words? And now here I am. I'm ostracized. Am I? Oh, no. It's Sunday, but the bank was open for you. I'm thinking to myself, boy, does Giannis get that joke? It's very much an American joke. That's fascinating. The banks are open on Sunday in other countries? You're convinced it is fish. It has to be. It smells like fish. Unless they somehow have like a poopery version of fish smell they put on there. As if if you had that big an issue and you reached out to General Mills, who I can only assume at one point was a real general, that you would follow the orders and go to the... <laughs> Mraz, do you know where the Suez Canal is? I believe the Suez Canal is not the Panama Canal, so this would be the one, I'm going to say, near Cairo. 
Okay, are you just pulling this out of your butt? I really want to sit up and knowing, but when Cap sent the picture, I actually asked Pete down the line, is this the same as the Panama Canal? And I had to see where it was located, so I knew oh. where it was. Is it eggs? Dairy? So if it's egg-based, wouldn't it be No! Eggs are not dairy! Why would you say that or think that? Because they're always in the dairy section at the supermarket! Un and clog are in the one word. That's not two words with a space in between. Are, are you, you sure about kidding? that? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Did you look it up? Are you freaking kidding me, Raz? You think unclog is two words? Think about the way you say it. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. But I'm, I, I think you're saying that a little too confidently for not knowing it's one word. I'm wrong. Yep, okay, you're wrong. Uh, my apologies. Not an amphibian, you know what I mean? Where you can kind of just change depending on the scenery. A chameleon? A chameleon. Ah, chameleon, chameleon changes colors. Doesn't change it to a different type of animal, though. All right, well, the point is the penguins were chameleons last night. An unhealthy weekend. Easter was here. The Final Four was here. Now you're asking me, I wasn't ready to flex today. On the long list of things that you don't know is now this, where you think the meal you had yesterday is preventing <laughs> you from having a defined oh, bicep. Okay, so I had a conversation with Pete about this on there. Okay. I, I find myself very bipolar when I listen to the Year of the Buffoon. On one hand, I'm cackling, laughing, and I think it's just my enjoyment of a, as a fan of the show and as a fan of, of radio and entertainment and all of that. Then the other hand, it's like two minutes later, I find myself extremely insulted. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I can't I can't lie that. Now I will never be a sensitive baby about things because I throw a lot of shots and I don't want to be the glass house back and it's not like you guys got me. I mean these are all things I said. But there is a part of me that realizes that an annual event at the end of the year <laughs> can be avoided if I just knew things. And that part of it is semi-insulting. And I think it's insulting because <laughs> there's no way that combined you, Bogues, and Pete would ever have as many moments in a year buffoon. Like, if I did a combined oppo year of the buffoon, I'd never get up to that, but you guys definitely probably had a couple <laughs> flubs. And then there's the inherent, like, do I want to go through with pulling those to, ha-ha, gotcha, and then would it fall on deaf ears anyway? So... <laughs> it's just... It's a moment I know is funny. I understand the entertainment value of it. But I also find it semi-insulting, and it's also insulting because it could be completely avoided if it wasn't for me. So it's a it's a mixed emotion day. For but me. that doesn't really mean it's insulting, then. Well, it's insulting that you guys won't let it go, I think. <laughs> really? It shouldn't be. It's not. I mean, ultimately, it's not because I'm It might be it. more eye-opening because, as you said, like, you just keep walking into this bear trap. Yeah, but it's hard to say it eye-opening if like tomorrow I forget that I said half those things and I just start saying them again. So I don't know how many times my eyes are open. I don't know. I just It's my own fault. It's my own doing. And you know what I think also bothers me? When I hear the Year of the Buffoon revealed, you and Pete have already exchanged emails and gotten a little preview listen like you're on the red carpet. I have no idea what's coming. Literally no idea. I would forgot about the General Mills thing, all of that. And I got to sit there and I got to watch Pete just cackle and right two feet from me like it is the most unbelievable moment of his year. And it's about making fun of me. So it's, I don't know. I, I, maybe insulting's not the wrong word. Hurtful? Hurtful's better. Pete's pure joy out of this is really quite something to watch. Yeah. I, I think that's what, like, you don't get joy out of anything else out of life but me. And it's just like, the cat, like the laugh, because I know Pete's laughs. Pete has like a laugh a meter, and I know when things are really, really funny, when he finds them somewhat funny. This is the top of the charts every year, and it's 
I laugh when Pete laughs, and then I'm like, wait, why am I laughing at that? Because it's actually making fun of me. It's just the whole thing puts me in a spinner. Yeah, Pete's joy over this. He is just on cloud nine. He's walking on oh. air now that he did this. Yesterday, he was so excited to unveil it. Yeah, and I mean, he told me, too, he had a little trouble sleeping last night because he was, like, that excited for it to play. I had trouble sleeping last <laughs> night. I had Nick Chubb in fantasy. I went to bed, no problem. What percentage of the year of the buffoon do you not remember saying? Probably at least 50. Half of it. Yeah, I would say at least half of it. Now, obviously, the big hits, right? Ostracized. <laughs> the big hits. <laughs> or there are certain things like when they, like I forgot about, but I definitely remember like the, the bank shot things. I remember being aggravated because <laughs> I didn't think that was a buffoon. But like <laughs> I still, like that, whatever was going on with the fish in that, that played, I'm just rattling off a couple of hits. General Mills, I still don't remember saying, but I hear that back now. And I'm like, well, I still feel like that should have been a general. And I've already forgetting a couple of the other things. But, yeah, there's definitely things I'm like, oh, okay. The Suez Canal thing with that, I don't remember comparing it to the Willis Tower, Sears Tower thing at all. In fact, I'm, I forgot that that was even this year that, that that boat got stuck. So, yeah, I would say at least 50% of it. The Suez Canal, you didn't know whether it was the same as the Panama Canal. Right. Because that was when the tanker got stuck sideways in the Suez Canal. I've only been taught about one canal my whole life. And you thought maybe they're the same canal, but naming rights had changed. Yeah, I mean, the arena, Staples Center ain't the Staples Center anymore. Who knows? The dairy one is just too good. Why are eggs in the dairy aisle if they're not dairy? Which every time I food shop now bothers me. <laughs> it bothers Big sign, dairy, boom, eggs and yogurt right there. It's so insulting. Another insulting thing. <laughs> Oh, and the other one was where I had to correct myself. I didn't remember that. <laughs> nope, you're right. Yeah, like that one. Unclog, Unclog. you thought I didn't was rem- two words. I didn't remember that. And honestly, looking back, I don't know why I would have thought that <laughs> either. UN is never one word. Yeah, and hearing that, I like if anybody else said that, I would have heard that today and been like, what kind of idiot thinks that? Because that's what I was <laughs> thinking as I heard that. But I thought that at the time, so that doesn't make any sense to me either. You were berating me. Oh, you're so you're so confident. Unclog is one word. Or you're so confident. And then you call yourself up. Oh, you're right. And a sneaky part of this, and as you mentioned, the year of the buffoon is going to be on YouTube, on Twitter. It's already podcasted separately. You could find it anywhere. And I'm sure Aiden has inserted several of the drops <laughs> as we've been here. I brought up to Pete, and he said one of the best things. It's you know when you rewatch a show that you've liked, like The Sopranos, is a lot of rewatching. You re-listen to this, you could hear the moments where you thought this is funny, Mraz is an idiot, and the moments where I've had it with this guy, he's an idiot. <laughs> like, there were a couple of those moments where, like, you were, like, the unclogging, you were so angry. Like, there was anger in your tinge of your voice. There was, like, three or four of those. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, that was a day DM's not happy. <laughs> like... <laughs> the unclogging one specifically because you were basically calling me the idiot. Right. Are you so sure? You so sure, DA? Yeah. And... <laughs> yes! I am sure. <laughs> and then other ones like Chameleon, I'm just like so delighted by that confusion. Right, right. Yeah, you could tell there were probably moments that happened on a Thursday where it's already been a rough week. And you want to get out. And this <laughs> happens on a Monday where you really just want to laugh and have good. It's just those Easter eggs within it, the tinges of the moments are very funny to go back and listen to. Well, anyway, the Penguins were Chameleons last night. <laughs> 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 or when you. When we all had to make a bicep on the air. Oh. And yeah. then you were like, 
this is not fair. I had all this Easter candy yesterday. We're like, that doesn't affect your bicep. I was, I was more flabby. I know what I meant. I know what I meant. The other one he didn't put in, which I was shocked, and I thought for sure when I woke up this morning, I'm like, I'm going to get this. It's going to blow up my face. Was <laughs> when I, during Canadian Bacon, I just went with the whole thing playing highlights from a game that happened the game before. <laughs> it was like a game three, but I had played stuff from a game two or something like that. And you guys called me on it, or Bogus did. And wait a minute, it was that was very funny, but that wasn't on there. Bogues got a really good. Bogues was excellent of the year of the buffoon this year. Excellent. He just had a couple of like pinpoint perfect drops in there. Yes. Like when you said mosquito grilled something, and he's like, "Don't you mean mesquite?" And you're like, "Oh yeah." And he's like, "And if he doesn't bring that up, we might all have just thought I said mosquito." You're right. And he goes, "Well, that sounds far more appetizing." <laughs> <laughs> Bogus might be responsible for actually making a couple moments here, the buffoon, where they would have. You think about there's probably forgotten moments that just went over everybody's head that listeners might have picked up on that weren't in there. I think I'm going to listen to all four of them. Do we have four or five? 18, 19, 20. We have four of Year of the Buffoon. Started in 18. I think we're going to listen to all four of them today. Got a big day ahead, huh? Yeah, it's like watching like the Batman trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot going on, huh? Well. They're just so good. I mean, they really, like, leave me in tears. They By the way, you me. see what happens when you don't have to keep a fat journal and don't have to go work out. and do it. You can have time to listen to four. All right. I'm sure Bogues is going to want to weigh in on Year of the Buffoon. Yeah. Well, that's obviously we're going to talk to Bogus and his, his post-game reaction to Year of the Buffoon. <laughs> of course. What else would we do? Okay. All right. That's coming up on Side B. Side B, how are you? I'm very proud of that one. This is the Permission Granted Podcast Side B. This is Mraz and Andrew Bogus in a beautiful University of Hawaii sweatshirt, which sort of screwed me in the brouhaha on Christmas Eve by backing out of a game I had laid points with Memphis, mm. and now I've been making up ground since. Bogey, hello. How are you? Shawnee, I'm doing well. Belated Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and your family, everybody that listens to this silly podcast. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's good. The whole uh, band was back together. DA, obviously, as he mentioned, was the only one left after all those summer Thursday and Fridays. He worked all of last week, which, I mean, very bare minimum full-time crew left at CBS Sports Radio. It's a very common uh, radio vacation week for many. It's kind of the end of the year wraps up. It's... The rare, acceptable week off during football season for many of us. So we all did it. We're all back. The New Year's here. And with that, the year of the buffoon was here, Bogus. The year of the buffoon was here. So DA and I had just discussed on side A my feelings on it. And I told him, you know, it's mixed. From purely entertainment purposes, I laugh, I cackle, I have a good time. Then there's a part of me, I use the word, now I'm already forgetting what word word I used. Yeah. uh, You know, it hurt. Almost at okay. times hearing that, uh, understanding word. that a lot of this is my own doing, but just your initial reaction now to hearing you're the buffoon 2021. Well, it's a weird thing to congratulate or applaud you for because. Oh, I'm not looking for Right. No, I know, but it is, it is a strange, perverted form of magic that you can do all of that in just 12 months. Year after year after year. Okay. And like I don't like I don't like making a single mistake. Like things that like, like the other day, what what's what's the what's today now? Tuesday? Like Monday, I made 
a tiny mistake in one of my WFAN updates where I flipped the teams. I said Lakers instead of Cavaliers in a Knicks minor trade nugget. Okay. The Rondo trade. The Rondo trade. Right. The Knicks were involved, minor way, paperwork, whatever, and I just flipped which team they got a player from. And that bothered me for like three hours. Mm. Like it just kept popping back in my head like dope, like waiting for somebody to write a a tweet that said, hey, idiot, it was the Cavs, not the Lakers. So like I would not handle someone making 10 minutes of me making those mistakes and having to sit there twice on Tuesday morning and hear them. Uh, so I agree, and it, it was ve- twice. That's the other part of this too. Yeah. Playing it twice like it's a twelve da is rough and rubbing salt in my face or salt in the, the wounds. Wound. There you go. Hey, here we go. You're the buffoon again. No, that's good enough. So there are a couple moments a da brought this up to me inside a that I flat out just forgot about, including the yeah. Suez Canal and the the General Mills, which you went into a deep dive in. And I think it's those moments that I laugh at more. Because I forgot about them. Oh, okay, that was a funny moment. The moments that stand out that you never forget, right? Ostracized. Obviously, that was a stressful time. The bank shot thing where I argued with DA <laughs> yeah. that I was still right. And um, you argued with him again on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. The, the eggs being dairy thing, which, again, I, I find it's ridiculous to assume that people wouldn't think eggs are dairy in the supermarket. Those are the ones that bother me because here we are on January 4th playing this, and I'm listening back going, no, 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 no. I should not be crushed for that. And I think that's what's insulting to me. Right. Now, I think connected to that is what's personally amazing to me is that so many of these things are not just off-the-cuff mistakes. We all pick the wrong word sometimes. We all stumble. We all just say dumb things sometimes. Like we, I mean, yeah. you, we had, it was, I guess it was last, 2020, when you and I thought we were closing in on the year 3000, not oh, the year. Yeah. It's like we all stumble into a bad place. Or how about when DA was really angry when we misunderstood his wife's text about DA being a cancer? Yeah, there was that too. Ooh. So, like that was we, a tough hill to climb right, off. We all can we all can make a mistake, but listening to this again, so many of them come from like a thought process. Yeah. So I think that's why you now still feel the need to defend yourself because you didn't just make a mistake. It was like a weird, we made a right turn from the facts or like went in right. one direction or went in the other. So you still feel the need to say I'm right or this wasn't that bad. Or because even if I'm not technically right, I want people to understand how I got where I was. And it yes. wasn't just me being a bumbling idiot. Right. Which, to me, the the king of the mountain of that one will always be the Michael Jackson Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> always, always, and I keep referencing it. What, what are we talking about? Like three years now it has, has gone to be. by. Yeah, that one always bothers me because so much time has passed, and with every month that passes, every year that passes, day whatever, people look back in the moment and go, "Remember the time you thought the Jacksonville Zoo was named after Michael Jackson?" What? While losing complete context of the story in itself, that Michael Jackson's elephant happened to be in the Jacksonville Zoo and escaped. Jacksonville, Michael Jackson, who who knew why he needed to own an elephant, but of all the zoos, he ends up in the one with his last name. Right. That's how I arrived at wondering if he was from there, but yet I was ostracized for thinking that, and that's the same with the eggs and dairy thing. How do you not know eggs are dairy? Well, if you spend your whole life buying dairy out of the dairy aisle and one of the biggest items that is there under the big sign dairy is eggs, why would you not assume eggs are dairy? Well, 
do you use like slice and bake cookies are in that same section in my supermarket? Would yeah, you ever raw think cookie dough? I would consider dairy. Right. I mean, that's just wrong because they have eggs in them. But that's just wrong. And you dunk them in milk. Yeah. See, that's just not that's not what makes something dairy. Yogurt's dairy. Sunny D dairy. Orange. Well, Sunny D is not known. They're not. Okay, but this is a problem in culture. Then we need mm. to rearrange supermarket or don't put big signs of dairy. Just put milk and eggs like that section. I actually think some places do say that. Okay, well, I haven't been to those. <laughs> so places. maybe you're not, maybe you're not as alone as we think in this yeah, in be, this mistake. But it, I mean, it's still whole, hilarious that you thought it. But, but like, I will tell you, there's a supermarket called, and I know this because I thought about it last week when I went in. It's called King Column. Yeah, all right. It's a very popular Long Island. Well, I assume it was a real king at some point. Right, yeah. he was probably exactly. <laughs> and when you walk to the dairy aisle. Okay, if you come off like the back of the store is all your meats and your poultry and all of that and the refrigerated cases, right? And as the meats go along the back, all the aisles of the store kind of come off it leading to the front with the registers. So let's just say you did a roundabout, right? You walk in through the produce, you walk around the back past the meat. Now, they're all the way the opposite side. So the produce to the right, the opposite side of the whole supermarket is what they call the dairy aisle. I get to the dairy aisle and where the meat ends start refrigerators with all the milk. And the almond milks and the regular milk. Sure. I turn, and in front of me, right to left on your radio dial, I can tell you, a bunch of juices, yogurts, you're like cottage cheeses and sour creams, right? Mm -hmm. And eggs and eggs and even some bacon. I guess they keep the bacon near the eggs. And on top of the eggs, and then I guess on top of like the cottage cheese and sour creams, is a big, big white letters, dairy. They don't even put the dairy on top of the milk on the back wall. How is that not confusing? You're you're telling me the word dairy and you're having me look down at eggs. Right. And I'm and I'm assuming that you know a dairy is an actual thing that you could go to a dairy and buy milk. Okay. So then we're in and buy eggs. So like we're in like a weird kind of like you know, semantics argument because there's maybe two versions of the word. Like in the supermarket, dairy means this one thing, but then technically we're talking about what's a dairy product when it comes right. to like actual cuisine. Sure. Then we drop eggs out of the equation, but they're in the, so like, and yes, you, it's, it's hilarious, but are you a hundred percent wrong? Maybe not, but you're that, mostly wrong. Okay. And that's where I also want to make this clear when defending the moments in the year of the buffoon, this is what I'm talking about. People will misinterpret my whole explanation just now as, you still think eggs are dairy, bro. Mirage, you're an idiot. No, no, no. I am conceding the fact that, by definition, absolutely eggs are not dairy. What I will not concede is is acting like somebody would be an idiot if that was their assumption based on simply going food shopping. Because when it's not, come on, when am I using dairy any other life other than when I go shopping for those products? Right. Well, I mean, I guess nowadays, nowadays with people where, you know, we're lactose intolerant and whatnot, I think maybe that's where you find right. more like that. You can have an egg, okay, but, but I can't have milk because it's not dairy. No, I'm just saying like that's maybe put two help people ice cream figure. On a couple eggs. I mean, right. You're fun. good. But well, maybe again, others, that's dairy. Yeah, right. where people have figured out where the lines are. I don't know. All right. I, look, I just have to defend myself. You want to make me feel, I can make you feel better. All right. Uh, from a sports way that I'm in, I, you know I love hockey. I've been a hockey fan since, I don't know, 1993, right? Sure. I only, in the last calendar year, year and a half, realized that after a goal, the goal scorer is the first person to lead the line that does back the to the pumps. bench. because And it took an announcer to go, we don't know who just scored because, like, a thing at the front of the net. Yeah. And, oh, Johnson went first, so he scored. Are and it finally me? clicked in my head. Like, it never, I mean, 
I think subconsciously I knew it, but I never thought to apply it the way he did. Like, we don't know who just scored that. It was it deflected or not. Oh, Tompkins went first, so he thinks he scored it. So, oh, I, like, things can miss you. That is, I'm, I've known that since I was seven. Right. I, I, so here it is. But, I, but I'm not defending. I'm right. not okay. going to the supermarket defense. I'm, I'm able to admit I'm wrong while explaining why yes. you're not that wrong. Here's the summation of the year of the buffoon. I will admit I'm wrong, and this has been oftentimes, I think, a divide between me and D.A., but I oftentimes want people to hear the explanation of why I was wrong or how I arrived yes. at wrong. Yeah. Where I think D.A. and others feel like they hear that and I'm either trying to prove why I'm still right or I'm making excuses for why I'm wrong. When it's actually neither. It's, hey, I'm wrong, but please get inside my mind of what I'm thinking. Right. And, and I think part of the problem, too, is that your explanation is not a, as good of a defense sometimes sure. as you think it is. I start stumbling and bumbling and rumbling. Or and just in general. So, like, you can say, here's why I thought that. Right. But it might not help us make any sense as to why you thought that. Fair enough. Well, I hope everybody got a good cackle out of it. I'm going to try to limit we this. We did. Uh, and hopefully not have as long a year of the buffoon next year. And that's on me. <laughs> get under eight minutes. That's, that's the new on, goal. That's on me. Yeah, it's like kind of running a mile, right? I should try to get my mile time down, and I should try to get the year of the buffoon time. Goal. It's good to have goals. All right. Bogus, you can follow you on Twitter. At Andrew Bogus. And at Mraz CBS. Have a great week, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.